Welcome to Sharing the Spectrum, an Autism Canada podcast, an engaging series of discussions about relevant topics, including parenting, relationships, employment, education, nutrition, and so much more. We look forward to introducing you to people from our ASD community and sharing their perspectives on life and autism. And now, please enjoy this episode of Sharing the Spectrum, an Autism Canada podcast. All right. I'm so excited to welcome Karis Park to the podcast today. Karis is with me as well as her mom, Sarah, and we're going to talk about her advocacy and um, her relationship to autism. So welcome, guys. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, Hi everybody. Um, Karis, maybe we can get started by you telling me a little bit about you and about how old you are and about why you... Um, why you have become such an autism advocate at such a young age. Um, I'm Karis. I'm 11 years old. And um, so what made you what made you um, start to think about doing more work around autism? I, I wanted to help advocate and like I wanted to let people know how to be friends and like because um everyone deserves friends and everyone should be treated equally and fair. And is there someone special in your life who um, helped motivate you to, to become an advocate? Uh, my mom and my brother. And were, tell me a little bit about your brother. My brother's name is Carter. He's 14 years old. He's on the autism spectrum and he's, he's a cool big brother. You guys seem to have a really special relationship. Yeah, we like hanging out and like having fun and laughing. Do you have any other siblings? I have a younger sister named Macy. She is seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> so you're 11. She's seven. Your brother's 14. So you're the middle. Yes, I'm the middle child. Yep. It's pretty cool. Is it? You like being in the middle? Yeah. How come? Because she, my mom's a middle <laughs> child too. So we have that in common. It's like the best of both yeah. worlds, right? You're yeah. very alike, you and your mom. <laughs> Do you go to school? I go to school. It's it's fun. I have an amazing teacher. He's so cool and just fun. That's so nice. And are you still in school right now or because of the lockdown, do you have to be at home? I'm still in school for now. And I hope like hopefully we stay at school because I didn't like online learning because it was just you like the social stuff. Yeah, yeah, I need to like. <laughs> faces and like interact all mine wasn't doing it for me so I hear you yeah it's really hard <laughs> when I was looking through Instagram a few weeks ago I saw a post that you and your mom had posted on your Instagram page and it was about a presentation that you did to your class in grade four can you tell yeah. me a little bit about that presentation yeah so uh, we had to write a speech about anything we wanted to and I chose autism because I knew a lot about it and plus I had an older brother with autism and so the first level was to um, present in front of our class and like I was I was very upset because I didn't get chosen to go to the final level to present in front of the whole school and I was very upset and I was upset and my mom, had a good idea to post it on Facebook and it, it blew up there and it reached so many eyes, like so many more eyes than my school ever reached. And it was just amazing. That's great. And did I get it right that it, that you had 75,000 views of your video? 
we I think we ended up reaching 90,000 and we had about 60,000 views of the video. So I think after that happened, we realized there was a need, was a need for, for something it. like this. And we thought, well, we have so much more information than just this one, like, you know, fitting it into that one little speech that she had was great, but that was more like an introduction. Yeah, that's um, amazing. So the fact that you maybe didn't make it past the first level of your presentation actually maybe made your presentation yeah. make a bigger impact, right? Yeah, it's like stuff happens for a reason. And now I know why that reason was. And I was confused at the time because I thought I did a really good job. And I thought like, this is gonna, this is gonna be so exciting for me. And now I know the reason why it didn't happen. And I'm thankful for that. Tell me a little bit about being the sister of someone who's on the spectrum. Is it hard some days? No, it's not hard. It's like, it's normal for me. Cause I wouldn't know what it would be like to have a brother who isn't on the spectrum. He's just like an amazing brother and I love him so much. It's normal for me. It's just like how anyone has a younger sibling or an older sibling, brother or sister. It's like, it's normal for them. They wouldn't know what it would be like without them or like if something was different about them. So it's like, it's normal. Absolutely. And, and it should be like that with all siblings, right? Yeah. Do you find your relationship with your little sister is similar to your relationship with your brother? <laughs> okay. No. You're his best friend. We know that. I am. Yeah. So does Carter go to school too? Carter goes to school. He's in grade eight. This is his last year at the same school as me. And I'm just, oh, I want him to stay for like so many more years. Is he going to go off to high school next year? Yes. Someday yeah. you guys will be together again at the school. So what do you and Carter do when, when you're hanging out? What do you, what do you and Carter like to do? We like to, his favorite game to play outside is tag. So we play a lot of that, me, Macy and Carter. It's so fun to play that and watching movies on the weekends. And it's like, we watch movies and we, we laugh and he loves doing the videos with me because we get to like laugh and hug and tickle. And we do so many like fun things before and it's just so exciting. And we like, like we, we like to listen to the, uh, the artist Pink. We like to listen to her YouTube videos. Like her, like, like videos. Yeah. Her songs. The and, music videos. Yeah, the music videos. His favorite one to listen to is Funhouse. He just thinks it's so funny. And he laughs and it's so awesome for him. <laughs> and yeah, Pink's one of my favorite artists. She is so cool. And one of my favorite songs is Beautiful Trauma of hers. And she was the very first concert I ever went to. Like, I dressed up <laughs> like her and my mom did my hair like her. I'm curious about what people say if you tell people that you have a brother who's on the spectrum how do they respond they don't really respond my friends know who carter is they see him around with me a lot and so like if i told someone and they they wouldn't really react i mean i don't really know how they'd react maybe they'd keep it a secret maybe they'd say something like maybe they'd just walk away and be like mm, cool and they'd walk away but i i think they're they're pretty cool about it and they know who Carter is and they understand that I have a brother with autism and they they think he's really cool and and do they understand what it means to have autism do you think I don't really know I haven't really asked them that question yet mm-hmm. yeah you've talked a lot about autism um at school yeah they've especially. watched my my, yeah. my Your videos yeah and yeah, they- I want to talk about those in a minute for sure Sarah, has it ever been hard as a parent? Has Carter ever been bullied or have you ever had any experiences where people weren't kind? We've always had a really um, 
And I know there's horror stories out there and we've never experienced it ourselves. We have a very supportive school and anybody he's ever met has been amazing with him. So um, I can't speak on that regard. I thought as far as like him being bullied and stuff, his, his classmates are very supportive of him. Everybody loves him. And, and um, I think it just had a lot to do with early education. Like from the time he was in kindergarten, we started talking about autism and what that is and what his strengths are and, and what his value is. And, and so I think from day one with him at his school, he's been at the same school since kindergarten, everybody just appreciates what he has to offer and sees, you know, um, just, he's a lot like them, right? There's a lot of uh, qualities that he has that are, that are the same as, as typical kids. And then he's got some things, you know, that um, I guess is what makes him on the autism spectrum. Everybody appreciates him and it's been pretty positive from our side of things as parents. You had one the stranger, one, a strange person. A like, strange, I mean, like, no, but nobody yeah, else school says anything. Yeah, yeah, there was this one time at the <clears> park we were like playing and I guess Carter made a silly noise and these kids looked at him and like started laughing and I walked over them. It's like, hey, that's not cool. Chill out. Like, come on. Like, what if that was you? What if you made one silly noise and did one wrong thing and someone started looking at you and laughing and staring and pointing fingers? Right. It's like, that isn't cool. Like, you can't do that. That's like, that's just being rude. They're like, yeah, you're right. And they walked away. And I, I will always stand up for Carter because he is my big brother and he does a lot for me. That takes a lot of courage to walk up to other kids like that and say something like that. A lot of people wouldn't do that, right? So a lot of people would just walk away. Has Carter been with the same kids in school since kindergarten? Because also you wrote a book when he was in kindergarten, Sarah. I did. Yeah. So I think that um, played a, a big role in how he was accepted. You know, he kind of became like a mini, mini celebrity at the school because everybody had heard the book and the, and the book was being passed, you know, through classrooms. So he's, it's a, it's a smaller school. So he's pretty much had the same kids. Um, he left for a year in grade two to do a special um, program, an autism program at another school. And then he came back from grade three until now, grade eight, this is his final year. So everybody's been really supportive of him. Like, um, but he, he's had a really positive, supportive environment. It's such an amazing school. I would drive, you know, three times, four times as far if I had to, just to keep him there. Cause everybody's amazing. Yeah, the girl so important. Well, yeah. Is he excited about high school? Is he nervous about high school? How do you feel about it? I think he's, I think he's, he's nervous. I think he'll be fine. Like he's always been pretty good with transitions in general. And they definitely do a lot of, um, you know, social stories and preparing and stuff as much as they can. Obviously this year with with the COVID restrictions, we can't really go in and view the school, you know, do a walkthrough maybe like other um, previous years have had. So that's making it a little tricky. I wish we could go in and, and just kind of get a feel for it and you could see it in person, but um, they're doing the best that they can. I think he's, I think he's ready to move on. I think I will be come September. No, no. I've just, it's like three, at least three years that I've been dreading. Like, I don't want to go. Because he's so um, loved at the school he's at. It's hard for me to take him from that and put him somewhere else where I have to, you know, potentially we're starting over. Not everybody knows him. It's really hard to leave those environments where you know that your child is safe safe and comfortable and where people will understand. And so, and it is, it is tough during COVID to be able to get into the school and let him familiarize and meet some of the people. And I mean, I hope you have an opportunity to do that when the time gets a little closer. That's helpful. I think for all kids to kind of come in and and see the school that they're going to attend, but especially kids on the spectrum kind of need, you know, the visual stuff is helpful. So yeah, I hope by August we can 
do a little walkthrough or something, but I think you'll be okay. I think, uh, and I think I'll, I'll be okay maybe by September. So Karis. Yes. So you became this amazing 11 year old. Well, younger actually, because how old were you in grade four? 10? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 10 year old advocate who stands up to bullies and who tried to educate your classmates about autism, which is amazing. Thank you. Um, supporting your brother. So your presentation led to a YouTube video, which had 90,000 views, which is amazing. And, um, and now you and your brother have some other projects happening. So why don't we start by talking a little bit about your Instagram, but then I also want to talk about your videos. So, so which came first, the Instagram or the videos? Well, Facebook came first because we posted the, we posted my speech there. Yeah, and then we decided to start like an official page, Mm -hmm. and YouTube didn't come till like maybe like a month ago. So we we just got that up and running. We posted it on Facebook first, and then like there was a need for it, so we we decided to do more videos. So I think there's a page on Facebook. We have a lot more on Instagram, and we have a lot more ideas coming. So everyone like be looking out for that. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. That's what I was looking for. Let's talk a little bit about the videos. So, so you have this amazing Instagram page called caring with Karis and it's caring yes. underscore with underscore Karis, but yes. then you also have started doing educational videos. And I think that the amazing thing about your videos is that they're not a bunch of adults talking to people about what autism is. The videos are amazing because they're from your perspective. And I know you work with them with your mom on them and you can tell me the process in a minute. Um, And and you can tell me the process in a second, but the videos are basically you and Carter explaining some of these important things that you want people to know about autism. So what was the first video you did? Okay. First official video was what is autism? Yeah. What is autism? Explained in a way that kids can understand. We did social cues. We Mm -hmm. did the five senses. We did stimming. Yeah. Stimming. And yeah, you have about five or six right now, right? Is that right? And then the book reading that I did for Clever yes. Carter. Right, 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 right. Okay. So what's your process for doing a video? You do you like sit down with your mom and say, okay, well, this is something that I think we need to we need to share with people? We kind of have like a, a, a sort list. of yeah, we kind of are going by uh, years ago I did a, a presentation for schools and it was basically educating about autism and it was using a lot of resources from the book itself. And then um so I had this presentation and I thought, well we can basically break down every slide I made into different videos. And then I, you know, I write something from the picture or the visual, I write something up and then she looks over it, we read it together. And then she kind of rewords the stuff that's, that's too complex and puts it into, into kid language. And then she memorizes it. And, and then we just kind of wing it basically, you know, she's got the guideline, but she, she kind of says it as she goes and we do, it's never like one take. There's, there's always giggles. There's always laughing. Which I watched is, the outtake video the other day. Like yeah. out, right? And yeah. then they, they play around and Carter loves tickles. And yeah, the so one... they do a lot of laughing and I just yeah. keep recording. And I love how, I love how you do them with Carter and Carter always has his role and you have your role. And yeah, and the one time with like we were doing, I think it was for behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it was for the five senses. And I was like, I, th- I think we just covered like smell or something. One of those. Yeah. And I was like, I think I said taste. 
and he forgot to flip the page. It was like, Carter's page. cue to like move the card, and you and were trying like, to just give him the little page. elbow like, nod, like then, this is and, your cue. And then he realized, <laughs> and he started laughing. And then too much time had lapsed, and he went to move the sheet forward, and then he was like, "Oh no, we've messed this up." He already moved it back. Like we're gonna start this again, and then you guys couldn't stop laughing. It was just yeah, that's you both so feel great. Like, yeah, it was cute. Well, was- I love the videos because I think they're super important, particularly for kids, because. Let's face it, the younger you learn about these things, the more accepting you are as you grow older, right? And I mean, we just passed World Autism Awareness Day. I think for most people, acceptance is really what we're looking for, you know, and making people aware is amazing, but but having people accept everyone for who they are is the most important thing. If you have if you could say one thing to kids your age about autism, what what would you say to them? I'd say to them that the people with autism deserve friends like every other kid on this earth. Everyone deserves friends who are there for them and care for them. Like literally anyone with autism or like special needs deserve friends and they deserve the love and kindness that everyone else gets. Do you think that sometimes people are afraid of of a person who's on the spectrum? Do you think sometimes that comes into play with why people maybe don't engage or don't, why maybe it's not as easy to become friends? Even in her preschool years, she was always super inclusive and she would sometimes be the only person that was playing with um, other kids that had special needs. So I think for her, it's like hard to imagine as another person, right? But if you could put yourself in other people's shoes, do you think that's why maybe people don't um, approach them or talk with them, play with them? Do you think it's like just a fear? Scared. Or, yeah. I would say they're scared. It's just, I feel like they don't know how, what to say or like how to interact. Cause you can't really talk to them. Like, how's your day going? Like, what are you doing after school? Like, mm-hmm. like what are you going to do next week? Like, what are you, are you free on the weekends? It's like, they don't know what to say. Do you, do you like, do you like cars? Do you like, do you like trucks? Do you like Lego, do you like think that's what gets them nervous mm-hmm. is the fear of them just going over and saying like, hi, how are you? Like, are you? And then they freeze up and they're like, well, what do you like? Like, so you don't know because you've never talked to them because you're just scared if you mess up one thing and they're going to be like, oh, 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 OK. And I think it's that fear that really gets to some people. So do you think that 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 sort of not knowing prevents people from maybe playing with or talking to your brother? Um, yeah, because I feel like like they don't know really who he is and like what he likes. So that's like because like you can go up to anyone and be like, hi, my name's blah blah blah. And like, what do you like to do? I like to do this mm-hmm. and like blah blah blah. Cause like you can't really go up and be like, hi, my name's blah blah blah. And like, what do you like to do? Like cause some kids or adults with special needs don't know how to communicate. Right. So mm-hmm. they're just scared because like they could think that they're ignoring them or like they don't understand them or they're or, being rude maybe or, or yeah rude. but mm-hmm. the real reason is either they don't understand what you're saying they can't communicate which is okay because you can find other ways to communicate with them playing or just like hi like you're a good mm-hmm. friend that's what really gets them scared what do I say? And like the unknown sort of, right? So what would your advice be to kids who maybe know someone with special needs or know someone who's on the spectrum, but are a little bit nervous to connect with them because they're not sure how? 
my advice is they're just like everyone. Just ask them what they like, what what they like to do. And it'll take them a few minutes to really understand. You can even just go up to them and be like, because you can't really high five right now. You'll be like, oh, we'll nudge. And it will make them feel like you're a part of it. You're, you care about them. That they're not just somebody standing there without any friends. Everyone has a purpose in life. And if it's to be a friend, if it's to do something, like everyone has a purpose to find something in common find something in common to do and if they if they don't have speech what would be a good idea just hang out with them and throw a ball or yeah, throw a or ball kick a soccer ball yeah, yeah. yeah. like just toss a football or, or you can ask the person that they're with goal is what yeah. their interests are mm-hmm. you might be able to by looking at them what they're yeah. playing with right if they're playing with cars or yeah kicking yeah. a ball so just sit down and start playing, right? Yeah. Just join in. Yeah. And and make sure that they're included when you're doing other things as well. Yes. I just wonder if you, if it's hard sometimes for Carter or for someone that's on the spectrum to understand when kids are trying to include them, do you think? Or do you think? I kind of, I think they understand. It's just the way you word it. Because like for, for Carter, we use, instead of, do you want a sandwich? We used, does Carter want a sandwich? Mm-hmm. Right. You have to word it properly Once for them to, to really them, understand. You you're like, figure out hi, how is, way. like, say their name, like so, someone's name. And you're like, hi, how, like, how are you? Like the name. And then like, you want, you want to hang out? Like, yeah. Like you have to word it properly. You can't just be like, like how are you? They're going to be like. What are you talking hey, about? Yeah. Me. Then. Right. So like really direct conversation and communication, yeah. use the person's yeah. name, Yeah. Uh, look at them when you're talking to them. Yeah, you can't and... be like, hey, and like turn your eyes away. Really focus on what they're saying. Right. That's really good advice. That's really good advice for kids who maybe yeah. don't know or who are a little bit nervous, because I think sometimes yeah. it can be scary. And sometimes when someone's stimming, it can look a little bit scary, right? So what does stimming yeah. look like? Can you explain that to people that are listening? Because my brother stims by like flicking his fingers. Mm-hmm. It's like the way you cheer for your favorite singers at the concert. So like, you'd be like, Woo! like you're amazing. And like start screaming and like singing the songs that with level them. Of excitement it's like, it's exciting. And it, yeah. yeah. You know, if, if a, if a kid that didn't know better saw Carter stimming, would they think, mm-hmm. oh, he's excited. He's happy. Or would they think, oh, he's scared. Or what do you think? When he stims, he's mostly happy. Mm-hmm. You can tell if Carter's happy when he's stimming because mm-hmm. he normally has like a big smile. The body language is there for sure. Yeah. Like, and he's oh, like, right. he's so happy he's, right now. He's like doing this. He's like it's contagious. Yeah. He does a little jump up and down. Yeah. And so he, kind of runs on the spot a little kind of, bit. Yeah. Yeah. He does, he does, is, yeah. yeah. And you can tell he's happy because right. he's like, because I think not everybody understands stims and stims can be a little bit scary, right? So if someone's yeah. flapping their arms or if they're making noises that aren't, that people aren't used to, um, stimming can be scary, but it's also, it's just excitement or it's just the way that someone emotionally regulates, right? Yeah. So if they're upset or they're excited, they stim. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really important thing for kids to know, especially because if you're in school and all of a sudden someone starts making noises or flapping their arms, that can be a little bit Probably overwhelming or intimidating. So right. good for you for understanding that and, and, and explaining that in your videos. I think that's fantastic. So meltdowns are something that happens to people that are on the spectrum. And I also think that there's a real misconception about meltdowns. It's actually a real reason why they're like trying to say something like, I would like a sandwich or like, I want to go to the park. 
it's need, right? Yeah. Yeah. Need or frustration. Yeah. The workout properly. And they're like, they're like, mm, why can't right. I get like, why can't I get this? Yeah. Well, and I think probably if Carter did have meltdown, but they'd probably be very different than your sisters, right? Because your sisters probably are more a little bit like a temper tantrum. But when someone's on the spectrum, yeah. it's not a temper tantrum. It's sure. an expression of need yeah. or it's frustration or it's something like that. Yeah. Right. What I love about what you are doing is that you're bringing attention to these things in a way that is really easy for kids to understand, also easy for adults to understand, mm-hmm. and from the perspective of someone who lives it every day. And I yeah. think that that is really admirable. And I really think that you're doing an amazing job. But Sarah, I, tell me a little bit about your sort of, as a parent, living with this amazing, thoughtful loving, supportive, kind mm-hmm. girl that you're living with. I, I think I've known She's from the get-go that Karis was a compassionate girl. Like she just kind of had that nature. And we always said, you know, that she was just the perfect sister for Carter. Like everything that Carter needed, she, you know, other than that first year of life, I can say he, he wasn't, he wasn't loving the first year of life with her. But once she was like, Karis is very independent. So once she became mobile, she was like a completely different person. And uh, I think he all of a sudden was like, oh, this is like a someone, you know, like a friend of mine. Like I could play, I could play with this kid and we could, you know, uh, have fun together and stuff. But up until then, I'd say he wasn't your biggest fan, but he is now. But she's always kind of had that compassionate nature. And then I, I, you know, I mean, Carter was three and a half when he got diagnosed and Karis was three months. So we had a, basically a newborn and a new diagnosis. And it was super overwhelming. Uh, obviously, <laughs> that's just how she grew up. That's how she's, she's always been around that. So I think it, I think she was a compassionate kid to begin with. But then obviously, you know, living this life and stuff has made her even more understanding and compassionate, especially not even just with her brother. But like I said, um, even in preschool, she was very inclusive with other kids that had special needs of, of different degrees and stuff. And she's like that at school. And it's not just her brother. Like I said, it's all kids. She just has a way of you know, getting down and, and really understanding them and finding ways to communicate. I, I guess maybe because she has a brother with limited vocabulary and stuff that she she finds ways and it just comes natural to her to play without communication. Like you don't need verbal communication yeah. to be friends with somebody. You just have to figure out ways to kind of adapt play. And she's always been great at that. So, I mean, people have commented over the years before we had obviously Instagram and stuff like that. Um, I have shared their relationship on, you know, the Clever Carter page and then my own personal um, social media pages. And everyone comments all the time about you could see like how much they love each other and how close they are. And for me, I guess when I look at it, I feel like it's normal to have this kind of close relationship as siblings because that's all we've ever known. But it's from hearing outside sources, it's not actually normal to have them that close. And so I just thought it was, it's great for us to be able to kind of explore this avenue where she can share that with other people, stuff that's coming naturally to her that she's just used to and, and ways of, I don't know, I guess I guess we always kind of raised her to appreciate everyone's value and realize that everybody does have value and something to bring to the table. And maybe it's not going to be the most obvious thing, especially if communication is a barrier, but um, we, we made sure that she appreciated Carter and she, with actions back in the day, obviously when Carter didn't have a speech and stuff, we would just get him to do simple, simple tasks for her um, as a baby that would kind of get her to see that he's valuable to her in some way. Right. And appreciate whether it was just, 
we got like I posted on the Instagram page. She used to read to her because Carter was an early reader. So I think that helped build some of that. And then also before that stage, even it would just be to reach something, something simple that a task that Carter could complete reaching something off a shelf for her that she couldn't reach because she's three and a half years smaller. Um, And then she, you know, she started to see value in him and really appreciate him. And so I love that we can like share their relationship and the things that have worked for them that I think have made them close, explain that and and share it with other families and and other kids. And maybe they can sort of take something from that and, and take it forward and find ways to include, you know, kids on the spectrum and other kids and stuff. So One of the things I wanted to ask you was you are 11 yeah, and you've been doing this advocacy work for a while. Yeah. How would you encourage other kids to get involved and maybe be a little more vocal about inclusivity and about treating people equally? And you know what you were saying before, just about being kind, how would, how would you encourage other kids to get involved in that kind of stuff? They can watch my videos on YouTube. The videos are a good place for sure to start. Yeah. Yeah. And what would your advice be other than the videos for you? Like what would be one thing that someone could do to, to be more of an advocate for people that need a voice? Like I said earlier, they can go up and talk to them and just like, how are you? Like, you're doing good. That's great. Like, I'm doing good, too. And like, you just you just have to, like, interact with them. Because like I said earlier, again, like everyone deserves a friend. So Thank just be nice it. to them, really. Right. At the nice. end of the day, just be nice yeah. and include them. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone has that in them, right? Everyone has nice in them to offer to someone else. Yeah. Let's just quickly run down all of the places where people can follow you. So Facebook, what's your Facebook page called? Caring with Karis. And your Instagram. <laughs> caring with Karis. And it's caring <laughs> underscore with underscore Karis, right? You can find it even without the underscore. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Or if you check the hashtag. Hashtag caring with cares. Yeah. And then on YouTube, I'm going to share your videos on our social media. Okay. So for everyone listening, we'll be sharing Karis and Carter's awesome videos. You got lots more videos ahead. Yes, we do. Lots of ideas still. Well, we'll, uh, we'll keep sharing them. Sarah, is there anything you want to add? I think that the big issue is just not knowing people, not knowing or understanding, or maybe if they're, you know, they're, they're not around people on the spectrum. But I always talk about early intervention in regards to education. I think it's important to educate as early as possible. In Carter's um, situation, we were talking about it in preschool. When he was in preschool, there was already kids that noticed that he had, you know, odd behaviors to them or things he was doing that they would ask me about as a parent, as a duty parent there. And I thought, well, if they're if they're old enough at two and three to see that, you know, there's something different about him, then maybe this is the time to start talking about it. Like, why why are we waiting? And so that was sort of the inspiration for writing the book was just if if they're going to ask questions and let's give them some information about it. And I'm so glad that we can share that now um, beyond the book that we're able to share it with the videos and, you know, their natural relationship that that the two of them have together and, and all the tips and stuff and just seeing their interactions. I'm just, we're so happy that we're able to offer this to people and, and share it. So well, and we are too, and it's so important. And and just for, for everyone who's listening as well, the book is called Clever Carter, and it's available. They can get it um, off the website, clevercarter.ca is the best place, but you can also find us on social media, same Facebook. And I have I just started an Instagram page, but you can hashtag Clever Carter to find us as well on 
on all the channels. We're on Twitter as well, but yeah, they can reach out for sure. And the, the book is a great resource for kids. Yeah. We're going to share the book as well on our social media. So I really just want to thank you for taking some time to talk with me today. And Karis, I know you were a little bit nervous, but you did an amazing job. I really appreciate what you're doing. And I know the community will as well. And, uh, and I thank you both for sitting down with me today. Thank you, Julie. Thank you for finding us and giving us this opportunity. Yes, that was, this is a great opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. Stay tuned for more episodes of Sharing the Spectrum and Autism Canada podcast. The beautiful music you heard is from Bruce Pethrick. Bruce is a neurodiverse musician and friend of Autism Canada. You can check out more of his music on his website at brucepethrick.com. Our executive producer is Barbara Patton. Julie Perkis is our producer. Additional thanks to the Autism Canada team, including Tafari Anthony, Shannon Selinski, Dominique Payment, Mariana Curick, and Earl Selinski. For more information about Autism Canada, don't forget to visit us at autismcanada.org. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube.